2: Rocky Road Rewind. I'm delighted to be joined today by three members of Ireland's boxing team at the 1984 Olympics in Los Angeles. Bantamweight, Phil Sutcliffe, light middleweight, Sammy Storey, and middleweight, Tommy Carr. Welcome to the show, lads. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Now, Ireland's boxers travel to the 1984 Olympics in hope and even expectation, Four years previously, Belfast flyweight Huey Russell had bridged a 16-year gap back to Jim McCourt at Tokyo in 1964 when he claimed bronze at the Moscow Games, which the USA boycotted. In LA four years later, the Soviets did the same, as did the Cubans, giving Ireland an even better chance of making the podium. And what a team Ireland had. Light, fl- light flyweight Jerry Hawkins and Dublin bantamweight Phil Sutcliffe already had Olympic experience from 1980, the explosive Karen Joyce, who would go on to be named Cork's boxer of the century, light middleweight Sammy Story from Belfast boxing royalty, and Tom and Tyrone middleweight Tommy Corr, Ireland's first ever medalist at the World Championships, having claimed bronze at Munich in 1982. It was Wicklow featherweight Paul Fitzgerald who would do the best of the team in terms of winning bouts. He won yeah. two, but uh, lads, talk us through the team. Who were you? Were, were you confident? Phil, I'll start with you. You you were already a veteran of the uh, Olympic Games. And going into 1984,
3: where were you at? Well, a va- veteran at 24. A very young veteran. I wasn't a veteran, but I was confident enough because when I went to Moscow, I was going on... Um, I had a broken hand and it wasn't mended properly. And I was trying to... Uh, just to get to the Games... And I thought maybe it would get better as I went along, and but it never did. And then I think um, Sammy's father knew that, because he used to hold the pads with me. That's Jerry, the famous Jerry Story. Uh, he was the coach in the club. But unfortunately, I, I picked a guy called Zaragoza. Well, I didn't pick him. That was the guy I got. There's a Zaragoza was one of the favourites to pick up a medal. Like, um, he got he, he beat me in a tough enough fight and then he went on and he won the next one and got cut in the next fight but he, went, he then went on to be the uh, four times multiple world champion at phantom weight he beat Wendy Kieler in one of his defences of the world championships. I one of the, his challenges but I was very unlucky like, in the two Olympics that I went to right, well, lucky in one way I got the two but unlucky in the sense that the second time I beat a man an Italian. Now this time my hands were right, my fitness was right. The boys will tell you this. The fitness, all our fitnesses were out the door. Like, we were really, really fit. We prepared very, very hard. We did a great job. But you, the other coaches, I, I, I told you the other coach was there, the lads would probably tell us. You know, mm. oh,
2: Paddy
3: Muldoon. Ah, Paddy. he did a great job as well. I was paddy, like one of the veteran coaches, I think he was even older than your dad, Jay, You know what I mean? He's a was known a long, long time and produced a lot of champions. But I was, I was in tip-top condition. I was super fit. I was actually very light for the weight. I was only weighing coming in at eight stone, three eight stone four. You know I mean because it was very hard over there and the weight was just falling off. But. Uh,
2: you're ready. You're ready to go and uh, ready to ready to spark after four years previously and a bit of injury disappointment. Um, Tommy, two years previously in Germany, like I said in the intro, you'd won Ireland's first World Championships medal and you went probably to Los Angeles in a very confident mood.
4: Well, uh, uh, I started off the year I could beat me also senior senior championships, Now I could beat me I senior championships as well. So things weren't going well at early on in the year. I'd fought Jerry's or Sam's brother Jerry Jr and I fought two of the other guys who were at the top of their career as well John Phoenix beat me in the senior final so it was kind of a when I got the call that I was going to the Olympics with the lads with Hawkins Sam like they lifted me up at that time, so heading to LA was it was a great experience. Um, the first fight got over the line, wasn't great. Then uh, the second fight with the Nigerian and he beat me in points, like you know. So I was very disappointed. I didn't, yeah. didn't fulfil that as well as I should have. Um, with the Americans, pressure was always on us, no matter who you were, because. The Americans won nine gold medals, so every, every, everybody's expectations was you had to beat the Americans, and the pressure was on. Um, again, the and all were very, very common goal. Like you know, it was a rough match to get to the stadium. Um, we couldn't enjoy the opening ceremony as in boxers as in. We're fighting two days later, the next day, so we're not to go to that. So the whole thing was kind of a, just a bit of a rush, but uh, very enjoyable, like, you know. Yeah, and
2: Sammy, we, were you you were the, one of the younger members of the team, and uh, your father was the coach. Was it a strange experience for you, or how how did it work out preparing, I suppose?
5: Well, Kevin, it was a very uh, hey, it was Olympic Games, and it was a marvelous thing to be part of. But I I had a similar sort of um, 84 Olympics to what Phil had in the Moscow Olympics. Because going into the LA, I was carrying a a hand injury that I had sustained a few months before on an ulcer trip to um, New Zealand. So I had to be very careful with my hand. So when we got to Lake Placid, we, we we were sparring. And, as we said before, we had a coach, Paddy Muldowney, and we had a manager, uh, Ardo Brand. And when we were training, one day I was sparring with Karen Joyce, and for some reason, Ardo Brand came over and said, you have to take your change gloves. And I said, But these gloves are, they were 16-ounce sparring gloves, and the thumb was soaked down into the glove for protection. And I told him, that's what they were for. They sort of attacked my hand on the, nur- the injury that I was nursing. And he told me, take them off. <laughs> I mean, we got these pair of gloves that were hanging around the gym that we were using. And within uh, the, the end of the round, I, I busted my hand. And that was more or less the Olympics. I know Phil was saying that all the boys were super fit. But I was, I, I can't remember exactly if it was three, four or five weeks out. But it was while we were in Lake Placid. And that was the last barn that I had until the night that I fought my first fight in the Olympics. And uh, uh, I just don't know why the manager asked me to take her gloves off. But you were saying there, Kevin. Yeah. My, dad, my dad wasn't the coach on that trip. It was Paddy Moderni. My dad, right. had been seventy-six, eighty, and seventy-two, and we and we all thought that he was going to be an automatic choice for eighty-four. And for some strange, silly, stupid reason, political boxing reason, that year they put Paddy Muldoon here, and they, they they also tried to get my dad to go there as a manager. Then they put Arthur Brennan, and uh, but it's one of those things, you know. But if, I I can tell you now, if my dad hadn't been there, there's no way those gloves were coming off me, because. You obviously have to look after your fighters, your boxers, for their carrying injuries, and that's why. So, uh, as I said, the Olympics is a great <coughs> place. We had a couple of issues, that I think, before the, we left, and, you know, obviously, wild we were there. Yeah. But among the team, among the boxers, everything was superb. We had a great team, and how we didn't come back with medals... From those six fighters, I will never know. If we, you know, it's okay saying about the preparation that they have today. If we had to them or they have today, well, you know, that's all he, you know, ifs and buts and maybes. But we had a great game that year in four and it was just unfortunate that the right guys weren't sent out with us.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd say I'd imagine getting a getting a hand injury. So close to to your first fight must be pretty gutting. Uh, something Phil would know all about as well. Um Tommy and Sam, would you be able to tell us about what was Kieran Joyce like as a fighter? Uh how difficult was he to handle to spar
4: well <laughs> Ken <Kian> didn't spar <laughs> Karen couldn't spar. You know we, we, we were sitting in in, in the Transport um, boxing club on a Sunday morning and Again, he says, "Right, Tommy, you're sparring Kieran Joyce." And I goes to the lads, "This says, what do I do here. Like, this lad doesn't spar. He, like, you know, it's pure war." So, end of the ring, sparring coming along. First round, I goes, "That's enough of this, like, you know." So, Mickey, Mickey Hawkins was doing was rare for He kicked the two of us out of the ring. Kieran just didn't spar with anybody. He just went to war. So that was the end. Right, you couldn't learn from Kieran. Kieran was. Like full on, like you know, boxing skills was you had to you had to stand up for yourself, like you know. Yeah. And that's really, was like an animal, of animal You see, Finn was thin, I mean, That was it, like the thing. The thing with Kieran, the, the thing with Kieran that stood by him and all those championships,
5: he only knew one way. He only knew one way. Exactly. And you couldn't. The greatest coach in the world couldn't tell Cairn that he's up. Cairn, Cairn didn't know what that meant. He's up. Cairn was sparring. He didn't. He not know what it meant. So, yeah, Kevin, when you spar Karen Cairn Joyce, you better. You you better be on. You better be. You wake up. There's no time for sleepwalking. or Oh, I'm just <laughs> up for the bell. Now I go. i oh, was Cairn Joyce.
2: Yeah. I I heard. Um, uh, of of that of that six man team, uh, I was told by one one of the Irish boxing super fans. I'm sure you'd be able to guess who it is, but you could you could divide you guys up into three separate groups. There's the sensible group, and that's uh, Hawkins and Tommy here, and then you the the moaning couple. He said Paul Fitzgerald, and unfortunately yourself, Sammy, and then the head cases, Karen Joyce, and uh, your good self, Phil. Would that be an accurate uh, portrayal? of the way the team was grouped.
5: You got the head, yeah. Kirsten Gray, Calvin. <laughs> 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 you
3: call his head <laughs> Yeah. So, well, you see, like, we, Kieran was having a lot of problems with his weight, an awful lot of problems with weight out there. Like, he, like I think he to lose something like seven pounds even after he trained. Like, so he was always putting in an extra session. So I... I put in the extra sessions with him, and I went down to because we had we had our we had our system of training. We'd run around. We'd get up in the morning. We'd go for a run around like Placid. We'd come back and do a bit of shadow boxing. We'd go down, I think with events we went sparring in the afternoon, and we went like we were. Most of us were on our way, but Kieran was a little bit heavy, and that's the way Kieran come in. But like the boy said, Kieran trained like a train. He trained like a train, and he sparred like a train. But that's the way he only knew. He couldn't come down it. like the word the the word schooling. You couldn't school with Keran. I mean you couldn't practice, you know. They, like he wanted to spar and he loved to spar. He was a tough. He's one of the toughest men I've ever seen, right in the ring. and Out of the ring, but he like for that as the lad said, he only knew one way. When he got into the ring, he just wanted to have a go. He didn't want to get out of the ring. And I've seen some players like that even in the own gym. They, they get a clip yeah. on the nose and they're a little bit smarter than them. And then, then it's a war, and then it breaks into a war. And then it's not a spark, and nobody is learning. And yeah, fight's always fired in another country you can have a go of them. But when you're with your own boys, you don't want to be bashing each other, right? Because it's no good going forward, right? You're not learning anything. You're not bringing anything to the. You're not bringing anything to the next round, and that was carried on. But, I mean, a Gordon was a different kettle of fish, right? But he, he was over there just a spectator, right? Well, he's he could spar, he could, could screw. Kieran just wanted to knock your block off all the time, you know what I mean? But that was the way he fired and that's on you know what I mean? Right. I did spar him a few times, right? He didn't spar. like butt, like I had to I had to rule a lot and hit a lot and run a lot. But he was yeah. just that animalistic in him, you know what I mean? <laughs> it was also the same way when we were running with him in the mornings. It was like a train, yeah. he was running out for a jog. He didn't he didn't even
5: know how to jog. He couldn't
0: jog.
5: Yeah,
0: oh, yeah.
5: He just he he was was like a dog was off a leash. He, oh, he was away. I used to
3: be right and I couldn't keep up with him. And then near the end of the near the end of like class, he was going to keep up with me. You know what I mean? I was just beating him, but oh, he had all the suits on. I only a pair of the shorts and a vest. You know what I mean? He still had <laughs> that big that silver suit. He used to wear. he was all the way, and how he did it in that he You know, like it was. He was a fantastic. He was a fantastic athlete. I mean, like, everyone that went there had fantastic skills. Not only all of the
2: other types of skills, you know what I mean? Yeah. Lads, you were all proper old-school amateur boxers. Like, it's not like now where the, the elite team can, t- you know, get a grant and can take time, don't need don't need to have a job on the side. In the months moving into the Olympics, was it difficult to take time off to train um, and going even to the games? Was it complicated getting time off work? Did you have to do annual leave? I'll, I'll start with yourself, Tommy.
4: Well, um, I had to take two or three weeks off work with, with no pay uh, to go to do my eight runs. Eight o'clock in the morning, eleven o'clock in the gym, and then sworn at time. Um, it was always, always hectic. And again, it was only from my mother and father. Like you know, they, they were paying, they were paying me, they were paying bills. Like you know.
2: Yeah.
4: So what I, were you working they're, at? They're, but as a welder at the time. Mm. So that was then. end of that. Like that's out the window, you were you went on, on the on the floor, you weren't there, you were not you got nothing, like you know. Yeah. Um, it's it, it was very, very hard times, especially from, from up, up here in the north, like, you know. Like when when I was going to, when I was going to Dublin to, 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 to go till thin sessions, I was stopped at the at the poor down thin station. You were stopped and the the police pulled you in and just kept you for two hours so you miss missed the three So I, I would book I would book on to the eleven o'clock train instead of and I would turn up to the nine o'clock three so that when they did stop me, I was already booked on to the eleven and they didn't know that. But like that was that was the way, that's why you had it working. Uh runs as well. You're gonna runs, you didn't know who you're gonna meet like. You know, uh, lucky enough, I two or three lads and they soccer face themselves, to go run with me at 8 o'clock and 6 o'clock in the morning, to hop out, not to, not to be on my own. So there's tough enough times up here, like, you know, where uh, yeah. it just wasn't good, like, you know.
2: Oh, and what about yourself, Sammy? How did you How did you cope? Did you have a job at the time, or did you have to take time off, or how did you manage it?
5: Well, I, I was very fortunate, uh, Kevin, that I didn't work at the time. And I had... Um, a guy that looked after me, sponsorship, who would actually end up whenever I was going pro years later, he would be my manager, and that would be Alfie McLean from the the McLean Bookmakers. So I I was always okay that way. I didn't have to worry. I didn't have the the problems that Tommy has just said. Um, I was just concentrating on the training. And, yeah, I I had no, no problems, no complaints at all, sort of. I think the, the, the two years leading up to the Olympics had a problem that way. Fortunately it was no job.
3: Yeah. And Phil, you were in the defence forces at the time. Well, I was in the defence forces but the money, wasn't great. The money was not great. I mean it's still not great. <laughs> but uh, and I had a wife and a child. So even to take a few I couldn't do the extra duty to get the few bob. And like I, I, I got a thousand pounds off them. Um, on one sponsor, which was a lot of money then, right? And then the army made up a few. I think they gave me fourteen hundred pound before I went away. They did a, a collection, so that that kind of uh, kept me run over. But I know what the boys were talking. About. I know what Tommy's talking about. Like sometimes I went away and I had no job when I come back up. They just wouldn't give you a week, two weeks off. I mean, like, and there was no money on the table or you no. Know, like it, it was hard times before I joined the army. And that's one mm-hmm. of the reasons why I joined the Army. I was the Army to re-educate myself and, be, and become a, uh, a physical training instructor. So yeah. I'd be able to look after family even in my own time. Because they, at the, I only had one trial at the time, but uh, the second one came along then. I know the, what Tommy's talking about, and I know how, how Sammy, Sammy feels to be not really worried about you know, cause the money's there, and you 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 can train away, you can spar away. You know, you're getting a few bucks, and there's no there's there's no, there's no uh, there's no hole in your pocket when you're going home. So it is comfortable to feel that way when you are training. You yeah. know what I mean? To to, to not worry about your, your finances and home for your family. But when you're like Tommy and and they're not giving you any time off, it's terrible. You know what I mean? You're you're going away, you're fucking for your country, you haven't got a lot of piss in. You know what I mean? And you're coming home, you still haven't got a pot the pit. And all the accolades in the world, right, are the taps on the back, right? They don't pay the bills. They don't put petrol in your car. They don't, put, you know, they don't put food on the table. You know I mean, I know as you're saying, the boys today, um, with the, with the high performers, they're on, they're on good money. We're not good enough. You know I mean, like, I can't say enough for the money that they get. You know I mean, because when they finish that game, a lot of them put everything into their boxing. And a lot of them don't have careers after the boxing unless you grow and they're just you know yourself, they all they don't all make it in the pro game. So it's like when they're finished they, 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 they should be some sort of education where they can go into some sort of job right, to put to put bread on the table.
2: Yeah. Yeah, few yeah, if you do make it in the program as well, like you said. Um Sammy, what did you make at LA? Like the you, you know, young guy, LA, Disneyland, you know, playground. What was it like?
5: LA was great. Um, I I must admit I I was very fond of San Diego as well because we spent a week in San Diego before we moved on to LA. It it was extremely nice. Lake Placid, another great experience. is beautiful up there. Um, So the whole trip itself was a great experience, absolutely fantastic. And we were all very fortunate enough again to be involved with with a team that we all got on. Everybody, it was a a good bunch of guys, and we all got on, and that, I think, when you go away to the Europeans, the Olympics, the Worlds, the, the Commonwealth, or any of the major competitions, the team has to click, and we all did, and it was excellent, it was great memories from that, the crack was great.
4: Yeah,
2: and San Diego, obviously, in close proximity to Mexico, did you take any trips down, Tommy?
4: No, I was I was I was too good. I don't do fellows on Mexico, but I'm saying that they hear more.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they might they might speak up now. Well, Phil, did you then enjoy yourself in Mexico? Did you make it down?
3: We made it over. They weren't letting us back though. <laughs> we went over the meet, Kieran and Gordon. And uh, we went over it had a good old day. It was a it was one of the days where a uh, man let loose in McDonald's and he killed a load of people, he shot a load of people. We were blessed. We only missed that by... I think we only missed that by 20 minutes where a man got fired from uh, one of the McDonald's groups and he came back with a machine gun and he, and he he peppered the place. I think he killed one or two of them. I'm not so sure now. But we were out and then... We were out and buying knickknacks and that, you know, for presents. And but it was ba- fairly cheap. But then... <laughs> On the way back over, he wouldn't let us back in, and we we caused a bit of a hassle because we didn't we, we you didn't need your passport going in, but coming out you need your passport. Arthur Bryan wasn't very happy.
2: Yeah, and how how did you get? How did you to? How did you negotiate through? Like, what were the people at U.S. Customs saying? Like, to be met by three Irish boxers saying we're meant to be in the
3: Olympics. No, but there was only two guard wasn't right. in the Olympics. He was just with us. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We were just left into a room, and whatever phone calls they made, uh, we eventually got through. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. It must have been a nervous few minutes, though, or a
3: few hours even. No, we
2: weren't nervous. We were, just,
3: we were too young to be nervous. We were just had a <laughs> laugh.
2: Yeah.
3: We knew we weren't going to be shot. You know what I mean? It wasn't that bad. You know, we knew we were going to get into trouble. <laughs> we weren't going to connected. You know what I mean? Yeah um did did you did you guys
2: uh in your fights they all took place at the Memorial Sports Arena N- it's now demolished it's the Bank of California Stadium home of Los Angeles uh FC in the MLS in July uh the, the boxing begins in July 1984 and uh, number 1 in the charts back home is Two Tribes Go to War by Frankie Goes to Hollywood followed by Careless Whisper George Michael in the states, said uh, number one is "When Doves Cry" by Prince, followed by "Ghostbusters" Ray Parker Jr. So that's a, uh, that's the era. If you recall, if you recall those songs, I'm hoping for a few bars off one of funny, but I might be doing well to get it.
3: They, they were playing all them. They were playing all them songs in the village. The village was fantastic. The, was, the crack was fantastic. I mean, but the, like in fairness, all the lads kept their head. We knew we were there. We were there. Like it's, it's like most most boxers, they go there to win. We led hard, going, trying to bring a medal. And I any mean, one of us could have brought any, any colour of those medals. We just needed a little bit of luck. You know I mean, mm. and, and, and Papa Shell had that luck. He could have had more luck if he tried a bit harder. You know what I mean? <laughs> seven, seven.
5: The, the guy I fought was an Italian who was the then world champion and. But Tommy Cord beat him a couple of years before
4: that. Would that be right there, Tommy? That's right, they fought him in Italy, oh. Casamonica. Casamonica, yeah. But uh, there, was, there was a story to that too, like, you know, it was an international match between uh, Ulster and, and, and the Italian Army. I, I was and, on that trip. And the, the chairs started flying into the ring. Do you mind
5: that? I, so, I, Tommy, I was on next, I was the next fight sorry
3: when you went when you went in a lot of these countries you'd you'd have your officials would be two judges right Irish judges, Italian referee two Italian, one Irish referee and when you went and they are corrupted sorry for the language, they are corrupt right (laughs) they've been giving it to their own boys as much as possible right because one time when I boxed in Italy on, on on one of my four shows, I think your father was there on this one, Sammy. He was one of the coaches and the coach broke down about seven times before we got to I think it was in uh, Pisa. I think it was in Pisa. Pisa. Right. The coach broke down about seven times. And every time it broke down it broke down outside a, a garage or a tuck shop or so and we were starving trying to make the way. I think Chris <laughs> was on that as well. Right. And I had to do from. I was boxing up uh, flyway at the time, and I I couldn't make the because I think I had one or two bars or whatever I had, but I couldn't make the weight the next morning, and then yeah, uh, and there was more, there was a not more, but I, I was raising, right? But going back when the chairs thrown in, I I boxed a guy, and I like, it was a it was well, I won't say a handy fight, but it was an easy fight that you know you're winning. I mean, but they uh, they gave it to the Italian. But before that, I, uh, Sammy Mcdermott was in, and he never won, <laughs> but he got the decision right. The next fight, I won, and I didn't get the decision. But the Italians were throwing the chairs into the ring because wherever the betting was going, you know what I mean? They were betting on the fight, and there was chairs going into the ring and chairs coming at the at the at the judges and all, right? And they had to stop the boxing for about half an hour, forty minutes. <laughs> you know what I mean? But the Italians are so corrupt. You know what I mean? It's unbelievable, it's unbelievable.
4: Oh, we? Wait, wait, wait we we know we know the score there like you know sammy we seen it we seen the first <laughs>
2: yeah and Sa- sammy so well, you know, sammy so you're saying you did have one fight against the italian um and it it didn't go your way um i haven't seen the fight now obviously but it's uh, it says a tko 3 on the ledger and how did it feel like you must have been looking forward so much to the olympics and a big boxing family and to lose your first fight or to get a bad draw and then to lose it must have been pretty devastating
5: yeah well Kevin any fight that I would go into I was always fairly confident the only time that I wasn't confident was was when I knew that my training didn't go the way it went and I knew that things weren't obviously with a bad hand things didn't go well and that night against Casa the first two rounds I was very comfortable and actually, when I look, I haven't seen the fight in a long, long time, but they're actually arguing with each other, the coach and Casamanaga, at the end of the second round. And I, I was feeling good, but I knew I was running out of steam. And he come out, third round, and run over me. And that was the only time ever I was stopped as a manager. And it was, wasn't was through being hurt or anything. just had no, no nothing in the, gut, in the tank, and that was it. And I was got it that way that it wasn't I didn't get the chance to show to put a good show on, more or less. Yeah. yeah, and that was it basically.
2: Yeah, it must have been must have been pretty heartbreaking alright to to bow out like that.
5: Yes. Yeah, it was. But there was plenty of some being done. I had plenty of time, you see, after I would have
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah you time to enjoy yourself uh, Tommy you, you got two Africans in your draw Zimbabwe first, Nigeria you won your first fight very clearly and were you confident at that stage of going on because you were from you know reading interviews with you you were a confident fighter and you'd obviously proved yourself on the big stage at the world championships as well so you know one fight but, uh, down where are you going?
4: Again, again I got the win over in, in, in LA as first fight um and again, uh, the Nigerians, right? I'll, I'll go to plan. I'll box them. But uh, again, I felt dreams in the third round. I, 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 you know, and normally, normally, I, I, I'm, not, I'm going good in the third round. But uh, in there, they just it just left me. Uh, he spiked me a lot. Probably done so much better than I did. Uh, we couldn't get no info of, of who were fighting or, or anything like that. It was very, very little information come from who was fighting and on was he orthodox, was he southpaw, was he a wrestler, was he was he a digger, you know. Uh I was just in kind of on the blind side as I'm a southpaw, I'll try and box my fight, come the third round I was done. I was I was I was no energy. I don't know why it happened. We just were just won't wasn't ready for that one mate.
2: You know, have you have you come? Have you figured it out all these years later? Why you were drained? Has something dawned on you, or is this is this still one of those mysteries that just annoys you, or is in the back of your
4: head? No, all all, all like all my defeats. Uh, I think about you know what I should have done. You know it's like mm. it's like fighting uh, Alexander Kashkin. You know, um, he was <laughs> Olympic silver medalist. He was world champion and all that. Like you know and. Um, Again, uh, Jerry Stroy, who's my coach, like he was he was like you gotta stay tight. He's, he's he's six foot one, six foot two. I was five foot eleven. Uh, have a go, Tommy. You know, walk your way in. You know, but he just kicked off my, picked me off. Uh, Jerry was good advice because if, if you haven't told me, uh, tell me you're fighting uh, Olympic silver medalist, European champion. I had a the pieces like you know Adam and you know. Going in the dinner, thread it right well, like you know. So, mm. uh, that's the way it was, like you know. Just, yeah. And then, and then it just didn't happen. Like, I was, I was out, of, out of energy. I don't know why. And we, we I was as Phil said, we, we were man Sam, we robbed we had no water except Kieran. You know, the weight was running off me, like you know. I was, I could have made like middleweight. I said, Sam knows, like, you know, and Sam could have met water, could have went in and watered the weight. You know, yeah. we were just like we're getting the best of food, we're getting the best of water, we're getting the best of everything. Yeah. Where when you were at home you were you were just like you had to look after yourself. We had no we had no debts. You, your deaths was you had done your own diet and that was it. Like, you know. We we we, we had a lady, um I think it's Mary McGeary from Dublin, she was a dietitian or and she she come along with us. To tell us what to eat and what to drink. And I said to her, like if I if I if I drink and eat what you're telling me, I'm over i overweight. Yeah. You, you think like it wasn't making any sense, you know I wasn't eating it and I wasn't drinking it because it was wasn't making the weight, like, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When I was doing my own thing I was okay, like, you know, so yeah. I mean this was
3: a is another thing when they're when they're bringing all these people. They might be a dietitian and telling how kids how to make kids how to not to be a beast or not to be or, or, or not to be putting on so much weight. But they I don't specialise in what we have to do. We're like jockeys at every different weight, from light fly all right. the way up to heavyweight, and then the heavy, the super heavyweight, weights take no problem, right? Or if they're going to make heavy heavyweight and they are super heavy, then they've a problem, but. They bring these yeah. people, these so-called specialists over with trips, never been involved in boxing. The only thing they learn is from our coaches and the boxers themselves by asking us questions on what we should be doing and what we should be doing. When we was the thing. maybe I was very light. I was eating what I could, but the stuff she was telling me to eat was, it would be impossible to eat. <laughs> be be you know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> it's, um, it, it, it's like... And I, and I do blame the system as well. I, I also, like, to bring over an experienced coach, you could have brought over an experienced coach, like your dad, dad. that. They, like, they would tell you what you're going to be eating and what you're going to be drinking and when you're going to be rested. Like, that was my second Olympics, so I had a little bit more experience. That was my, uh, my tour of Europeans, after the tour of Europeans. And I had a bit of experience, and I, I could see it you couldn't really interfere, not interfere, I think they had a, a doctor, Maro Bryan's Brian, professor now. And Flanagan was the Pope. Man, Well, Flanagan was all right. He didn't interfere with us. He, you know, he, he was the old time. He didn't, and that you needed, he kept get for you. Now, Flanagan was a good old doctor, Dr. Flanagan. They brought, they brought people with us, right? And uh, the only time we've seen them, right, is when they're taking our way in the morning time. Or, or, or in the evening, whatever. We were sitting at the dinner table. We did get a sheet. We all got a sheet on what we should be eating and what we shouldn't be eating. Right? But we got a we got a recommendation of what we should be drinking. I think we all must have drank a little more. We always got the water, like right? because it was very warm. You know, the, um, the amount of time that you know, like some days, he's just the weight just fell, fell off us all. You know what I mean? except for the yeah. Kieran's Caron. really hard to get that weight off yeah. you, know what I mean? you put the extra in as he's trained train so bloody hard you know what I mean but uh, we were just it's what we need in boxing as we all know we're all getting on now right you need the elemental look right you need a little bit of look
2: yeah and, you and Phil you didn't get much in your draw you got you got the eventual champion as well uh, Maurizio Stecca from Italy and hmm. He was one of the only uh, uh, gold medalists who wasn't from the states. They had nine gold medalists. Of as we've mentioned before, Sammy, did you did you get did you guys get to watch the uh, the other boxing in the arena? You know when you weren't fighting. To
5: be honest with you, can I can't remember what. Yeah, there was a couple of days, yes, but mm. it isn't one of the, the things that sort of is in my mind all the time, when I'm thinking about the Olympics. Um, I don't think that I was one of those ones that had to go over and sit 24-7 whenever the boxing was on. Um, Watched a little bit of it, but it didn't after I lost my fight. I would obviously go and watch the boys when they were fighting all the time. But other than that, I wasn't really concerned about, no, I have to be there, I have to be there, and what's all the other fights, no. But yeah, Yeah. we, we did see a few others, you know.
2: Because, definitely, I, I know see, I think of, like, think of the 76 Olympics and you'd say, uh, you know, Sugar Ray Leonard, or you think 92, you think of Oscar De La Hoya, Michael Carruth, but in 84, you've got Mark Breland, Meldrick Taylor, um, Pernell Whitaker, and Evander Holyfield, and all the rest of the other USA ones. Were you a big watcher of them, Tommy, or how did you go?
4: Again, I go back to the and when there was a boycott, it left that uh, the Americans were going to win everything. You know, there was a guy, Kevin Barry from from New Zealand, beating the final. He won the fight. Donald Sullivan, he beat Frank Tate. He didn't get this either. You know what I mean? So, first, first to go and watch the, 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 the Americans fighting, and they were overwhelmed by everybody. Like they were, they were large. Like you know, yeah. So it, wasn't, it wasn't fair play. It wasn't fair play at all. But that's the way it was. The yeah, great was team, strong. but they were getting
2: yeah, famous team Most of them earned over a, mi- over a couple of million dollars in their professional careers, but yeah, they were the home guys and yeah. they were the home heroes at the time. So,
4: Virgil, he, he could beat the Bantam. The I Korean, I think, the hang hang hang. Hang. He, yeah. The Korean, he was knocking
3: everybody out of the, of the track, you know, so. Yeah, but Tommy, look. most of them boys from America, most of them boys, I think Shannon was, uh, Shannon, the guy called Shannon, he was the Bantam Right, that that American bantamweight, I think Stecker beat him. But most of them boys, all the Americans, uh, it was like you, yourself, Sammy, that would being looked after by a future manager. That was they were all going, they were all in the line of going pro. That's so right. every one mm. of them, every one of them professional, uh, every one of them amateur boxers from America, were were ready, were ready to go professional straight after the Olympics. Right, and they were all geared up to it. We all had our own. They all had their own uh, manager outside the management system of the amateurs. we were all well looked after. I mean, all, all of the American boxers. It was a different time for them. And the American boxers, they're, they, they're used to go pro. In Ireland, like in England, where well, England's probably a little bit different. But in Ireland, to, to turn pro, you, you'd have a handful of pros. But these Americans were all in line to go, to go further, to be mm. looked after. And, and you mentioned them all yourself all became world champions. And the guy that that was already world champion at the junior level, Steka, he was in the staff. Like, But well, he was he was um like he he was in a system already from the junior days. They had a system going in, in their country like we have now that and now in our country all these years later. But they had a system going like the French and a lot of them European countries that have an academy that can drive up staff and staff and doing everything, you know
2: what I mean? Well, all, all I know is, Phil, that you ruined my quiz question, which was uh, which U.S. boxer was the only one who didn't win a medal, and you've already named them. So, uh, Robert Shannon gets <laughs> the dubious honour. Tommy, following those Olympics, you um, I believe you had a couple of pro offers, but you opted not to take them up.
4: I wasn't really interested in pro-fighting, you know, uh, like, uh, I went to the Olympics, of Games, European Championships, and World Championships, <coughs> I was 22, and I says, like, you know, I've, I've, I've accomplished what I've i to accomplished, and that was it, like, you know, I'd, i um, i come back to fight, I fought uh, Jim O'Sullivan, I, senior fighting, I think it was in 87 or so, but I was just back for, just for a bit of a crack, a bit of a laugh, you know, and I'm i down into the, the ring that night with Jim O'Sullivan and I'm saying to myself, What am I doing here? Like you no, know, I'm not enjoying this you know, and then uh, 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 uh sparred Sam a couple of times then he came up to up to you know, uh up to Killal and sparred him for a couple of times. But it didn't didn't do anything for me, you know, it was it was a sport and I loved it and, and, and like I didn't I didn't even know John Felix had come pro until he told me that it was about a month. You know, so it kind of, uh, I was following Sam, following locals, but I wasn't interested. You know, it didn't it didn't appeal to me at all. Mm. It, um, just so I was like the stuff and stuff, that's it. Like you know, so yeah. If I was in Getty, North Carolina, we had fought the 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 the, the you know, Fort Bragg, that trips Amazon, and um, he asked me would I come pro, you know, and I, I says him you no. Know, why, why me? Like, you know, wh- he wasn't looking at nobody else, you know. Because there was Karen and Sam and... Big guys, like, you know, Tony's a nap. Like, all oh, them lads are all brilliant fighters. She McGuinness. But then he, he asked me a nice... I was like, you no, know, it's... I think he's looking too a uh, two nice fighters. He's been up all the time, so I never thought... <laughs> I said, no, movie movie. <laughs> it. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> I got enough digs in the head too many years. I didn't know any more.
2: <laughs> yeah, and Sam, you weren't satisfied with the things you got at the Olympics. You went professional, I think, the following year, and you had a you know long career, won lots of belts, and had a great time.
5: Well, Kevin, I, I, I hung around for a couple of years at the Olympics okay. uh, because I, I, I was 20 years of age at the Olympics, and then we, uh, I actually mm-hmm. had a surprise birthday party from the Irish Olympic team while it was there. I turned 21 which Jerry Hawkins had the job of taking me out for a walk, coming back, letting on, oh, there's lights on in the medical hall, let's go over and see who's there. And then we walked in and, ah, ha, ha, a big birthday, for, <laughs> which was great. But when I came home, um, yeah, I could have went pro then, but because of the performance that I gave against Casa Managa, the world champion, I, I thought I'll hang around because I, I could make my mark here. And I hung around till the Europe, the next European seniors, were which weren't Hungary, and I fought the Hungarian first fight, and he was about six foot six, and all he did was jab move, jab move for three rounds, and I, and at the end of it, it just my dad was there. Would you believe the coach of the Irish and the Europeans? I said to him, well, I think I'm going to go pro. Three rounds this isn't long enough. And that's what happened. Then I went pro after the European Championships in 86 uh, in Hungary. Yeah. And uh, a totally different ball game with that pro game, Kevin. Mm. You know. I remember the first night where uh, they put the gloves on made my first pro fight. And I said to the gloves to I said, whoa, 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 something wrong. I think the gloves are busted. Something wrong. <laughs> and I said, what is it? I, it was the fact that they were, too, they were very, very small. And he said, Sam, welcome to the program. They're fine. Yeah. Was, he walked away, he says, stick 'em on you.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Small, stick on. yeah. Stick them on you and now go hit somebody. Um <laughs> Phil, how how long did you box for after the eighty four Olympics? And I know you went I know you went into coaching and you're majorly successful. And the Irish kind of amateur setup was shaken up after that as well. Brendan O'Connor went on a bit of a revamp, uh, went on did a lot of work behind the scenes, restructuring. Uh, Trotman Daly, the Cuban coach, was brought in, and then Nicholas Cruz as well. So by the time of the 88 and 92 Olympics, it was quite different. And, you know, we all know kind of what happened next.
3: Well, well when I came back in um, 1984, like, I think, I went on to 86, but I was not I was trying to like. some... Uh, at the time, I knew it was good enough for. Her. After the, the thing, I just took a break off. Right, my hands were grand. Everything was good. Right, and like I kind of had enough. I was back home with the family. The, the job I was I wanted to do uh, a an, uh, an uncommissioned officer. I went. I wanted to do little bits in the job to re-educate myself. Go back to college and school, and and uh, go down to the, the army school of physical culture. I was going and doing different exams and and. and trying to learn to enhance my knowledge on, on all the sports. But basically I was using it for the boxing. So I'd be able to do it for the, the lads that are boxing. And the interest was there, like, I the box Roy Nash. Um, I the box Roy twice, I think, to go to the Europeans. You know what I mean? But I broke my finger in one of them. And uh, in one of the things. And I, I got a, a call to say, but don't box. I won't be getting another international. I didn't really care then, you know what I mean? Because I knew myself, myself because I couldn't train the way I used to train, Kind of the like, like Tommy there, the, the interest wasn't to go pro, the interest was to stay and enjoy my boxing. But I knew I wasn't going to be good enough for uh, the Europeans, Olympics, so just to box England, Ireland, Scotland and Wales, just to stay in the game to enjoy it and, and still go on living my life. I was starting to coach then as well, doing it one or two nights coaching. So the interest wasn't as much as it was beforehand, right? So, so I, I kind of, uh, I kind of dwelled over then, and you know, and, and the rest is history. I just took over the to training in the Boxing Club, and then in, in 1990, 1992, when Michael won the gold medal in the Olympics, like I was training Michael right up to that, and I was training Paul Griffin, I was training to the Dromna boxers along with us, but I was kind of the senior man in the club, even though I was the youngest, I was still the senior man there. I mean, the, with the knowledge and all the boxing. But I, I kind of, like, I wanted to do my own thing then. You know what I mean? I wasn't getting mm. my own way, say, in what I wanted to do. So we got an opportunity to start in Boxing Club that, in 1992. And the rest is history. We've won Irish titles every single year. We've had players represent Ireland every, every single year since 1992. And now we're in 2020. And this is the only year. That we haven't won a title yet, and if COVID doesn't stop this bloody thing, we're going to be we're going lose the title. the youths are still on the boys in the finals, the boys in the care se- boys and girls in the semi-finals, and they and they stopped they stop the competition because of the COVID. Now we might be getting rerun again in late October. Hopefully, we keep up the to, to tradition that we haven't lost we haven't lost any title since 1992. You know what I mean? So yeah. we're doing very very well.
2: Well, look, lads, uh, I suppose we, we can end on that. Uh, it's been great to hear about the 1984 Olympics. If there's anything you'd like to add, feel free. Sam, if you want to give a shout-out to your training camp over in Spain or, or anything like that, or yourself, Tommy, if there's anything you want to call out, go for it. Well, Phil Suggles has been threatening to bring a team over here
5: for five years, so maybe they're
3: going to we get your act right together. You never know, you never know never know you see, we, 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 we've gone to Spain nearly every every other year we bring teams over every other year and you we kind you need kinda to come to a, wee bit, a wee bit north
5: you need to come a wee bit
4: north Phil there's no bars near your place <laughs> I, was ju- I was just like to know I was just like to know when these two games were out in LA did you get your with, with Vidal for soon yeah I once told me.
5: I went once because it was Vidal so soon. But you know, Fitzy,
3: Fitzy, I think went every day. <laughs> 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 I think every day. You're awake. I <laughs> <laughs> got me. I was sitting <laughs> only because he was famous. <laughs> I, mean, so I he was never, I was me. sitting on the. I he never heard him, but he, that was a, He's one of the biggest. He came, he came into the you came in. I think we were all queuing up but We just, I, I just says, I
4: was si- I was sitting on the chair. I was sitting on the chair, and Vidal soon came over to me, and and they were getting a the like rings and all the iron and all this USA and your hers and all this. And he says to me, "Where are you from?" I says, "I'm from Ireland." He says, "Well, you want your hair cut?" I says, "Take a bit off here and a bit off here, and that's it." <laughs> all, all fit- Paul Fitz, he get the whole white thing done, like, you know... Every day. He oh, boys. But he had the long hair. He had the long hair over there, hadn't he? That's
3: right. Aye. Yeah, he was stuck in it, hadn't <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, boys, it's a and and Thanks, Kevin, for this opportunity to speak to the boys. Good seeing you as well, right? Okay. Oh, fantastic thank to have you, you, lads. Thank
4: you. Kevin, thank you for, for an